Alright. Woo! Welcome. Another episode of the Modern Life Podcast. Recording this on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. I had to work on Thanksgiving. I saw the best and the worst of people <laughs> at the restaurant I work with. At the restaurant I work at. Um, I'm joined today by my lovely sister Tabby. How are you? Everything's always lovely. 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 Everyone's lovely. You know, let, let me redo that. I'm joined today by my terrible sister. Awful. Tabby. <laughs> um, you didn't have to work, but I had to work at the restaurant yesterday, and I had people tip me. You know, 50 on 100, and I also had crazy people that don't go out much trying to put beer in a to-go container. So I got the best of both worlds on the day of uh, thanking and giving yesterday. <laughs> um, and yeah, today's Black Friday, which I always like. I like to check the news the morning of Black Friday. Oh, really? Because there's always stories of, you know, people going ape shit. What you got? Well, <laughs> it seems to be... It de it's definitely not as crazy as it was, I think, 10 years ago. Yeah, because of online and everything. Because there's too. so much more online now. Um, so you have some stores that are just, I mean, they're just empty. But then a lot of other stores, it seems to be mainly Walmart at this point. Like, people are just going, I mean, it's absolute chaos. Just, like, looking at the pictures people are posting. And it's just, it's like a gridlock in a store. Like, everyone's just standing there. You can't go anywhere. And they have just... They've set up this whole maze, I guess, through the store to try and, like, fix this problem of all the crowds. But it just cracks me up, people going out on Black Friday so they can get, like, $50 off a TV. But why aren't they still letting people in? Because isn't there... Wouldn't that then exceed your maximum occupancy? I guess. I, I don't know if anyone pays attention to that. <laughs> well, if I was a firefighter, <laughs> I know where I'd be. <laughs> it's just... I've never, I've never gone out shopping on Black Friday. I have like no interest in it at all. Like I don't understand, and especially when Black Friday was in its, I want to say prime five ten years ago, and you'd have people waiting outside the store for two days, like lining up to get these deals. It's just, I, to I just can't relate. I totally don't understand it. Um, yeah. I remember having a friend once say like, "Oh, I got." these cheap candles from world market and i'm like did you need is was that like a you've been waiting all day to buy like all the world market candles they all like smell the same too hey you hey couldn't, hey like, those are fighting words <laughs> it's like vanilla sandalwood and you smell them and you're like they're the same no sandalwood's worse it's like a worse vanilla I don't, I don't know who likes sandalwood. Me neither. It's like terrible smell. It's, but it's also the only smell that uh, heroes and romance novels are allowed to smell like. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he smelled like pine and sandalwood with a little bit of motor oil and his rock hard abs. And How many romance me novels have you read? I know you're into romance novels. Well, not as many as some, but the dude is always the same dude. Like, like, you've been, you've been reading them the more same. lately, no? Sort of. Hmm. And then they always smell like like. Where they look just some blonde white guy with six pack abs. Is that? <laughs> well, it's always, it's always described Fabio. as like rock hard. He's rock hard. <laughs> his steely abs. And I'm always thinking, this doesn't sound like. I don't want to like cuddle up with a tree stump. Like, <laughs> that doesn't sound very comfortable. Your abs are too hard. They're too hard. This is never gonna work out. <laughs> it's like the Tin Man. <laughs> Tabby's romance novel. 
<laughs> like the anti-romance novel. Um, but, you know, I think today, it's been a while, it's been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast. We've been pre-recording some podcasts for the holiday season in December, and we've also just had, with holidays, and Stacy and Tabby have school and work, it's just been hard the last couple weeks to find some time, so today we're just going to talk about a bunch of random stuff. It's going to be our Modern Thought Podcast. Right? Our, our infamous Modern Thought segment. It's basically a whole podcast. You can't that. top that name. That can't is, top uh... it. It's, it's never been done before. <laughs> <laughs> What's first on your list? I have just so many random things that I wrote down. I, th I mean, anything from movies and video games to also want to talk about the... F I mean... If unless you've been living under a rock, I mean, we've had crazy fires here the last few weeks in California. I want to touch on that, too. I guess we can just start with that, because I think it's interesting. Whenever I read articles about these fires, it's all about, oh, climate change is making, you know, it's it's hotter, it's drier. It, the winds are crazier. So it's all these fires are only going to get worse. And I think, yeah, climate change is obviously a part of this, but no one talks about and this is one of the first things you brought up when these fires started happening, you know, I think two, almost three weeks ago now, the the big, we're, we're pretty close to the fire in Thousand Oaks and Malibu here. Um, but it, it's the fact that it's natural for these forest areas to burn, but everyone builds their houses there now. So it's, it, it's just 20 year old dead trees and brush that, in a natural environment would burn every few years because it's just the natural cycle of things, but that's not happening anymore because people are living there. So then when it does burn, it's just, I mean, it's absolute craziness. And I was looking at the map and it's, I forget this guy was talking about how, because if, if you're looking at a map, it, it basically, you have the Santa Monica mountains and then you have Malibu and the ocean underneath and it burned, it burned from the top of the mountain to the ocean in like eight, almost eight hours, I think maybe a little bit more, which is, they were saying it's the fastest, that's the fastest they've ever seen the fire, like advance in, in California, maybe, maybe the US, but yeah, I mean, just no one. Nature will always win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I, so I had just <laughs> taken environmental science um, and my teacher was really, we had like a whole section on this because, um, like the organisms that live or grow here in California, they're actually, some of them are smoke dependent. So some seeds won't, what is that called? Germinate until yeah. they detect smoke. Right. And then they flourish because all the other plants have been, you know, are gone. Now they get all the sunlight. They kind of like emerge and come mm -hmm. forth. And so many of our, of the plants here um, have adapted to that. It's actually really, really interesting and cool, but yeah, you need. Well, it's also part of like the soil gets fertilized through the fire. I mean, it's like a whole process, and it just doesn't happen that like we don't allow that to naturally yeah, happen it, anymore. It always seems like such a shock to people who live here, and of course, losing your home is terrible. Mm -hmm. Which you know you've gone through this before. Yeah, I mean, I did. It, I went through it with water, not fire. But back in Colorado, there was a big flood. But yeah, no, I mean it. Yeah. It, it totally sucks. I just don't know why we're like surprised by this every time because it's right. almost it's that's what's supposed to be happening. You yeah, know? it's just it's inevitable if if there's if you're living in a dry area with a bunch of trees, like it's just gonna burn eventually. But the whole it just seems it seems like people are divided. The few articles that are out there, it seems people are divided about that. Where it's like, 
there, there's a whole case to be made of why you know we're using public money to help these people that build houses in these really high risk areas and it's like you know if you have especially a lot of these high risk areas a lot of naturally a lot of people with a lot of money live there like malibu and so there's a case to be made of like well if you want to live there maybe there needs to be some sort of rule that hey you're welcome to build here but like you're on your own like why why is everyone else like funding your habit especially when you know 80 90 percent of the people that live in those areas like they don't need the financial help like they're fine and then also in malibu the um i think Malibu's an emergent shoreline meaning that there's sea terraces which used to be the water level so hmm. um that's why you have those cliffs okay in the mountain don't Interesting. i need to google this again <laughs> sorry i'm taking oceanology right now and we've just went over this so i hope it's correct but um, because now all the roots are, that are still on the ground are either burned or dead because they're not gripping onto mm-hmm. anything, you will now get all that earth um, sliding away. So Malibu right. um, is, you know, it's not over yet. We're still going to deal with... Um, yeah, because now the rainy, now you got the rainy season. And yeah. if you remember, <laughs> there was a huge fire in Santa Barbara this time, which was December, January, February of well, this year and last year. And yeah, they had the giant fire and then the rains happened right afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they had mudslides two weeks later. So it was just like two months long of complete disaster. And so that might happen in yeah. Malibu. We'll see. And just to tie this into one of the things that's on my list, we listened to, or my brother listened to half of Mark Twain's Feast. Yeah, I wanted to talk new, about that too. Uh, Nick Offerman special on Audible. And they, uh, just to kind of explain it a little bit, Mark Twain was a huge foodie, which I personally did not know. And they recreate or try to recreate all these different dishes that Mark Twain loved from his time. And a lot of them they can't find because they no longer exist or we don't just we just don't have a variety of foods anymore because, you know, you only grow like chicken, pork and beef. And, you know, people aren't Mm. eating raccoon and terrapin turtles and all that stuff. So in some areas they are, but it's not as mainstream anymore. Right. And one of the um, birds or fowl that they were looking for that they could not find was the prairie hen i believe mm-hmm, yep. um and prairie hens live kind of in a underbrush um around the chicago area and other areas i thought it was kansas they, I, it was I, a few I different not, areas okay. and then because there's now so much construction people living there and also farming the natural burning of that underbrush no longer occurs because people don't want to endanger their properties mm-hmm. and now those prairie hens can no longer survive in because it's too thick you know, or they've just been pushed out by right. agriculture. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, fires and everything. It's a normal part of some organisms being able to survive. Yeah, that, that audio book. Have you finished that audio book? I yet? did, yeah. Yeah, I want to listen to the rest of it because it was, first of all, Nick Offerman's hilarious. And it was just, yeah, it was fascinating because I've never, like, I don't know much about Mark Twain. So, it was, I mean, it was fun to, because it's not only do you learn about all these foods that we don't eat anymore but you're also obviously learning about mark twain um the the only weird part and we kind of already talked about this but it does talk about you know was mark twain racist and it it, like it really breaks it down it's not just like a black and white you know answer i think there's a lot of gray area but what cracked me up is is i think the audiobook spent like a whole hour on mark twain is he racist towards black people and then spent about maybe 10 minutes diving into was he racist against native americans which is 
it like so brushed over and he's like well we have to acknowledge that he didn't like native americans but do, let's, do, do. let's but, move on yeah. we love mark twain <laughs> um that was so strange especially because that whole chapter um the language they used was specifically or they were only talking about Mark Twain in relationship to black people, but then they still use these broad terms like racism mm-hmm. and stuff. And the whole time we're listening to it, I'm in the back of the car and I'm like, well, what about Injun Joe and, you know, Tom Sawyer? Cause that's a, so that's the villain character in Tom Sawyer. He's na- Injun Indian Joe. He's mm-hmm. native American and he's, he's pretty awful. Um, and then they, in the next chapter, just really quickly go, oh, yeah, Mark Twain just hated anything related to being savage or Native Americans. And and we, you know, we have to, we can't gloss over that. We have to acknowledge that. But then it just, yeah, it like was after just strange... spending a whole hour, like, on Mark Twain and black people, and it's Native, then spent, like, five, ten minutes on Native Americans. I was, I was expecting, like, a whole nother hour on the Native American part. Well, it's interesting because... I think we do this a lot, how we segment certain things and don't draw the dots between them. It's like certain, like, we just talk about certain racism more than other. I don't, Yeah. right? Right? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, at least they acknowledge it, right? (laughs) Um, And then another thing, um, I talked about Thanksgiving a lot and it has been Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. yesterday. and they talked about the history of it. So Lincoln made it a holiday. So it's a very recent holiday because this wasn't until the 1860s, mm-hmm. right? Until after the Civil War. Right. And it was this Puritan lady who had been writing letters trying to make this a holiday forever. Mm-hmm. And then he used that to uh, have another national holiday that would raise like American team spirit and people working mm-hmm. together in the North and South, sure. like unifying them. Um, and the traditions of Thanksgiving come from... Uh, religious like Puritan practices of like giving things and then also mm. harvest festivals in Europe so when Thanksgiving was first celebrated in the states it was like every state had its own day or it would be more closer to October or like hmm. you know per harvest okay. things and stuff like that Interesting. Um, so the story of oh it's about giving things to like Native American right. the relationship with Native American so, yeah where did that come from is, I think it's a little bit of an urban myth oh really because it's not even when you look up Thanksgiving on Wikipedia, it never mentions that. It just kind of brings up the... Wikipedia knows all. Well, and they that's what they said on the <laughs> audio book, too. Cause, um, and I find this very interesting because they interviewed a, a tribal member um, from a tribe that celebrates uh, Cranberry Day. And they go out and they day. actually like harvest the cranberries and just do, you know, all the whole process mm-hmm. associated with that has become kind of this new tradition or like reinvented um tradition something they lost and then discovered again yeah this it's actually funny you bring that up because like a few days ago i i'm just browsing through instagram and i see all these cranberry pictures like i've never i had no idea how they even harvested them i've never seen this i mean all of a sudden everyone's obsessed with cranberries So it's funny that you bring that up. And people but don't even eat them raw that much because they're pretty right. crunchy, which they... Yeah, um, pretty taut. And I find this fascinating because I have a friend who's a kindergarten teacher at a mm-hmm. kindergarten that's not a nominational. Okay. And so they're not allowed to celebrate Christmas or, oh, you know, they okay. don't do anything for the kids that's... So she just had to organize this, like, winter festival. I've never heard about this. And I this. find this 
I would imagine it's mm. a lot of work to almost invent a new holiday right. to celebrate with these children. Wait, what's what's the point of just to have something to celebrate? No, but wait, wait, why aren't they celebrating anything else? What's the point of doing that? Because it's religious, and they're not allowed to celebrate anything with the kids that has like a religious gotcha. thing. Which at first, um, okay. uh, Saint Martin's Day is like a huge childhood memory if you grew up in Germany and mm -hmm. you're walking around with your lanterns, and then there's usually like an impersonator on a horse, like giving half of his cape to like a beggar, mm -hmm. and they still celebrated it but they called it lamb festival hmm. and i personally have a problem with taking something and then stripping it of all its origin and right. like it i would rather have it be like oh this has this history but we can all celebrate it together no matter like who you yeah. are yeah yeah totally. you know it I, is weird just to like erase so they got rid of that this year and they're just doing the winter festival but it's just a curious practice and i think we do it all the time just inventing new holidays mm -hmm. like thanksgiving you know and it becomes a tradition so it's or well, cranberry like ev day every day is a freaking holiday now it's <laughs> like it's national pancake day <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> calm down it's like every day's a national day now um what else has been on my mind? Um, I watched that, uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson movie. Mm. They It's called They Shall Not Grow Old. And it's kind of flying under the radar. I think it's it's coming out in select theaters uh, next month in the U.S. in December. They just released it over in, uh, yeah, over in England. Um, but it's Peter Jackson took all this World War One footage and he colorized it and um they had they had professional lip readers look at the footage and then dub like voices over it so he he brings this archaic huh. like nine millimeter black and white footage that didn't have any sound and he you know he puts it in a widescreen format it's beautifully colorized um and it's got sound effects and voices and like it really just brings world war one to life like you've never seen it before and the movie starts out, it's about 30 minutes of, it's a really small, I think it's about like a nine millimeter ratio frame of just black and white footage, like all pre-war stuff. And then when, once the footage starts, starts being of the actual war, it like goes into color and it fills the whole screen and was like, whoa, it just kind of took my, like, it's hard to explain, but it like really like had an impact and like i love i love watching that stuff like that that's just gonna be like i'm gonna remember that for a long time it's had, had this amazing impact and just seeing history like i've never seen it before i mean and i think there is like we forget because you know every movie you watch now is in color and sound and special effects but to to have that contrast of this old black and white and all of a sudden it's all in color because I think we think of World War One as kind of a black and white war because you've never seen it in color footage. It just... So you think that added something to it? It absolutely added. And it makes me mm. think of... Because, you know, you have some people like, oh, like, do we... I mean, when, when movies first start being color and sound and right, you know, people were like, oh, do we really... Do we need these talking pictures? And it's like, yeah, yeah I think it really does. If we take it for granted now, but it absolutely adds... I guess to the art of filmmaking if that's how you mm -hmm. want to describe it but mm -hmm. yeah to have the to con to have the contrast in the same movie and see it both ways it's like yeah i mean 
it's undoubtedly mm. a better format to have it in widescreen and color and like special effects. I mean, it's yeah, it was like breathtaking, and it's you know I learned some things about World War One that I didn't know before, and it was the whole movie is narrated by um, these interviews of World War One veterans from years ago, and it was really really interesting to hear their perspective on the war because it's a perspective I would have never thought of like one of like most people that were fighting and most of the men that were fighting they seem to be like they like doing it and they were like well this is just this is what I have to do for my country so I'm gonna do it it wasn't like they didn't dread going to war and then like one guy even described it as well you know when you weren't in a gunfight it was just like camping with the boys outside like had these really fond memories of world war one which everything you ever read about world war one is just how horrific it was and the footage shows how horrific it was but a lot of the interviews and then it was people adapt and they make it work yeah movie, absolutely right? and it's even just... and then which i didn't know is all these it's all about british soldiers i mean that's what it focuses on um in this movie and then hearing hearing about their experience coming back from the war it's so like they were almost rejected because it's not like think of like the Iraq war right that happened in the early 2000s like everything is documented you see like the bombings on live tv Mm -hmm. right well think about world war one like they didn't maybe you read some stuff in the newspaper but you didn't have I don't think people had an idea of how horrific the war Mm -hmm. was right they just there's just not that information floating out there and you don't visually see it, which I think has a big, uh, makes a big difference. But these, yeah, these soldiers were just treated like garbage when they came back and they had trouble finding jobs and just kind of treated like these animals that had gone to war. And especially if they were disabled too, because yeah. there's a huge stigma around being disabled in general. Which it's such a contrast to now where it's like support our veterans and it's like everyone's so obsessed with supporting the troops and it was just the complete opposite back after after world war one in england you know yeah just you kind of had these posh english people who had like just had no idea like what had just happened like overseas just thought it was just like a little gunfight (laughs) i think it's also i think because mental health is such a recent phenomenon oh yeah you know you still you always have to show this very like masculine show of strength Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. think that's what people's idea was of these soldiers Mm -hmm. and if you think back to um kaiser wilhelm who was the german leader during during that time Mm -hmm. um he he was disabled he had one arm shorter than the other um sorry my dad is like they're like married kaiser (laughs) wilhelm and (laughs) so i know everything i know i know (laughs) a few things about it um, but that was a secret. That wasn't some, like FDR, you know, that wasn't something you could right. have anybody know. And in all the pictures you see, his arm is either covered or like attached to his sword or mm-hmm. he had to learn how to ride with one hand. Um, you know, that wasn't something you right. could be proud of. It wasn't something you could be like, oh, I'm disabled, but I'm still doing all this. You know, you were almost like damaged. Yeah. But I mean, has that really changed that much since yeah, then? I mean, it has. No, I mean, it's changed obviously it's changed but like how many politicians do you see running for president that are disabled yeah. you know what i mean i, I was like there about would that there too. would still be a stigma against Absolutely. that if you had someone like oh 
because you'd have you just have the other side going. Well, I don't. Is he gonna be able to properly do the job? Like yeah. one arm is shorter than the other. How is he gonna? How's he gonna yeah. sign all the new laws? <laughs> like you know, just, there would, would be mean, discrimination for sure. And I'm not that well versed in world politics, and maybe there are openly disabled people uh, who I'm sure, are gonna be in somebody, leader, right? leadership positions. But um, yeah, that would mean a lot. But someone, I mean, cool. like if someone ran for president tomorrow that was disabled, there would for sure be discrimination. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it wouldn't Definitely. just be widely accepted. So I saw a movie recently, which was Bohemian Rhapsody. You see, two days ago. I don't know. Recently, okay. Um, okay. And I'm not, I'm not gonna give anything away. This is not like spoilers, no spoilers. or anything. But I always have these amazing <laughs> movie-going experiences where just weird stuff happens. <laughs> where I sit next to like really strange people or <laughs> obnoxious then, people. And there was this lady like sitting diagonally in front of me. And after mm-hmm. I left the theater, I like, I was like, Mom, did you? listen to that lady we like had a laugh about it Mm. afterwards because she was just so ridiculous um so throughout the this is not a spoiler throughout the movie um freddie mercury you go on this journey of him discovering his sexuality and Mm. learning that he's bisexual and i think this woman was also taking that journey with him (laughs) discovering what bisexuality (laughs) was oh was she like in her 80s or no she was like middle-aged and i heard her going like oh he swung both ways (laughs) like oh my lord like that's (laughs) so terrible and every time he was like kissing a man she was like Oh my god. Oh, oh my Lord, god. Lord, Lord. No. <laughs> and this is I feel like a very well known fact about Freddie Mercury. Like I, you don't need yeah. to see this movie. But I don't think this woman had ever heard maybe, of Freddie Mercury yeah, or maybe heard, not just a big Queen fan. No, in I don't think she'd ever heard like a Queen song. Oh really? Because it shows them like playing the guitar and figuring out the songs mm-hmm. right they're like mm-hmm. in the studio and they're inventing like another one bites the dust or whatever mm-hmm. and she's like oh that sounds like a good song <laughs> <laughs> she just traveled here from the 1500s Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him kind of like luridly looking at like a man mm-hmm. and then later on they like make out right. or whatever and she she goes I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> She'd be like, "Oh, good job with following along with the like cues of the movie." Yeah, I, I want to see that movie. It it looks like you said cinematically. It just kind of like you felt like you were there. I was right? there. I was. Yeah, I've never Sounds been awesome. so like immersed. Um, and, and you weren't even seeing it in like IMAX no, or anything. It was just no, some regular was, like, old movie theater in movie Encinitas, uh, <laughs> California. <laughs> um, there is one little thing that I want to point out, and this was in the trailer, so it's not going to be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're presenting the Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. song to their producer, it's or like too the long, idea, right? Yeah, that was a big um, thing. He's like, "Oh, I want it to be more operatic," and the song he plays. To like present his idea of what he wants a song mm-hmm. to be is the um, L'amour est en fond de bon et mieux n'a jamais jamais da, connu da, 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 de loin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and the lyrics of that song are in French. Um, Love is like a bohemian child. It ne- it doesn't it doesn't know any rules. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a I think that's picked on purpose because it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. And I right. just wanted to point that hey, out. Hey, ah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Who knows if that actually happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a randomly picked song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
the the big knock against the movie so far has been that it just makes up a lot of stuff oh yeah no i don't think that actually happened um and this is a problem with biopics i mean if we none of us watched the gary oldman what what was it churchill dark hour yeah darkest hour the churchill movie yeah i think it's less egregious when you're talking about like a rock star or an artist but if you're Mm, presenting political leaders as like oh churchill didn't hate all indian people and you know (laughs) like i i don't know he loved his wife it's a it's a little problematic to craft this you know new image for Somebody I who was in I think such it's just as problematic. Why is it less problematic? Um, because Churchill had so much political power that affected, you know. I get so that, many but if citizens. you're you're immortalizing on the silver screen like one of the great artists or bands of all time, yeah. like don't you have some sort of responsibility? Responsibility to. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not saying it's got to be 100% factual, but just to, com- I don't know, to completely make stuff up to like I don't know. Yeah. I don't agree with that either. I mean, Hitchcock had that same problem too, where like right. the real life things that happened around Hitchcock were more interesting than what they made up for the movie. That's what I'm saying. So. Like, I feel like the story of Queen and especially uh, Freddie Mercury, like, there's so much interesting stuff there. I don't know why you would have to make up stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then I, that's again, what it's hard to me. write a script. And oh no, for, I for think sure. Is. The biopic that does this really well. I I love the King speech. Like I've seen it multiple yeah, times. Movie. And we don't know what happened in those sessions, really, do we? Right. Like I don't, I don't know. I never looked just, it up. Um, I mean, they found out recently. This dude found like papers in his grandpa's effects. Discovered that he was like the voice coach for the king. Oh and, really? Yeah, and that wasn't. That's what they based the movie Got on. Got it. Of. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have to take some liberty, but yeah, no, and I don't. Yeah, it's valid. I don't agree that everything has to be 100% correct. Like, I'm not in that camp either. But there's got to be a middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, uh, we both saw the Pikachu trailer recently. (laughs) Wait, I already (laughs) talked about this. Uh, This is gonna be coming. Sorry, pre-recorded. This This is gonna be coming up in one. Oh, oh, you're um, talking about the Pikachu trailer? Yeah, yeah, in one of our advent. Well, we'll save it for then. It just—I just want to say it looks ridiculous. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. But what's more ridiculous? Like, I would have never thought that Pokemon would still be, like, the the staying power of Pokemon. I think is impressive. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, let's see. So I'm 20. What am I? How old am I? 26. I forget how old I am. I'm 26. (laughs) So I was playing with Pokemon when I was what, like seven? That's when Pokemon came out, right? I mean, it's been around. F- well, they just had, didn't they? They've had no. It's been around for over twenty years, right? Didn't they just have That's a twenty-year anniversary like a year ago or so? It's like it, and then you had so many. You had like the Yu-Gi-Oh and so many knockoffs, and all those things have gone away. And like Pokemon and yeah, Digimon like, didn't stay. Yeah, there were right? so many like animes and card games in that genre, and they've they've all gone away. But Pokemon and Pikachu. It, I mean, it's like Pikachu is like mickey mouse like yeah. you know it's just like it's gonna be there forever now but i'm surprised disney hasn't bought pokemon yet is that next they're gonna add on a little pokemon theme park to disney world <laughs> yeah but it's just crazy to me the staying power of that um what else um so on a previous podcast we mentioned that we would do an episode on red dead redemption that will not be happening <laughs> oh, um, yeah, i wrote down red dead redemption we too. are not doing like an episode on an hd 
you know, 100-hour Tamagotchi experience I, of crushing your horse. I was really struck because I, I loved the first Red Dead Redemption, and I actually played the game that the Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption... What was it called? Red was, Dead Revolver. Red Dead Revolver. I played that too when it first came out. I loved that game, and I was like, I really... Like, I'm, I'm invested in this whole Red Dead Redemption thing, but I'm like... I heard mixed reviews, and I was like, I'm not going to just spend... 60 bucks on this like let me see what people say and i think i will buy the game eventually when it's like 20 bucks or something like that but there's so many just things that i know would drive me crazy yeah, like because you don't like that tedious stuff i hate yeah, this tedious changing like your outfits. if you look up this game like you, you have to change your outfits according to the weather you have to like take care of your horse it, it's it's like two i love somewhat real open world games but this is just taking it too far like if you remember playing with the little tamagotchis like <laughs> i don't know anyone out there remembers those little keychain things and you had to take care of it and then it would hatch out of the egg i mean that's what this reminds like I, i'm not gonna sit there i have enough stuff to do brush like, your horse like i just want to i want to just strokes. get through the i want to be in the game and experience it and be in that world but I'm, I'm not gonna spend 20 hours of my life collectively like brushing a horse and i mean it's just it's so silly. Like I don't. So I have I've, no interest in that. I found out through this game about this game um, through a coworker. Shout out to Manasa. <laughs> and every time I would see him at work, it was like a step by step review of this game. And he's telling me all about his horse because like I had no idea that you had to take care of your horse. And he's like, I braided its mane and I bought it the new stirrups and I got it up to level four and I'm brushing it. I got the fancy saddle, and I'm just, this is hilarious to me. I'm just dying. Next time I see him at work, he goes, my horse died, and I didn't <laughs> know your horse could die, right? And he's like, I got a new one, but that's not my horse. You got to start all <laughs> I'm over I'm not again. attached to that horse. <laughs> what, what I think is weird is people seem to be really into the idea of taking care of the horse and how realistic this game is, and it's kind of a contrast. There was a grand theft auto game which is also by rockstar studios um i forget which grand theft auto game it was i think it was like the one the fourth no it was like the fourth <laughs> one or something they had this they had this mechanism where you had to take care of your character by going to the gym and working out else you couldn't run as far or run as fast and huh. you start going overweight and people hated that and really? then because fable did that and, that and was... then i don't think it was ever in a grand theft auto game after that but now this is this is like the version of that for huh, Red Dead Redemption, it's back. And, and but people, people are, are like into it. it, man. And it's like, and I don't know if it's maybe it's because period. you're you're taking care of something else instead of mm. just like oh, I have to go to the gym, which is kind of boring. But it's like, no, I have this animal, and I gotta take care. It's like maybe like they they have a little responsibility in their life. They're really enjoying taking care of their horse. I don't know, but I I have just no interest in doing that. <laughs> I have like I have real life things I have to take care of, not some <laughs> digital horse that's gonna die when I like accidentally run into a rock and then I gotta start all over again. <laughs> and speaking of video games, I've been on a video game kick lately. I go through phases where sometimes, you know, I'll go through half Except a year. Except you just play counters black ops. Because that's all What I are you have. playing? What are you playing? What is the it's game? It's just to turn my brain off at the end of the, end of the, the day. I've just been game. playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. You play yeah. the same game over and over again. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got... It's just to turn my brain off at the end of the day. I'm like, right now, I'm just enjoying playing video games. Like an hour a day or so, you know, at the end of the workday. 
and I'm just stuck playing Call of Duty. That's all I have installed. I'm like, I'm really kind of sick of this. And I really felt like playing. Oh, no. I felt like, I'm like, I want to play. I grew oh, up playing no. soccer games, those FIFA games. I'm like, I want to play a soccer game. And I down, it wasn't FIFA. It was the other big one. I forget. It's got a weird name. It was like FIBA. Like the No, it was like <laughs> Ultimate Player Soccer. I, I don't, some weird name. I started playing it and it's just, I'm going to sound like an old person, but it was like you had to read the manual of controls because there was just so many button combinations of like you want to do this trick oh you want to like you want to sprint you want to switch players like you want to you have to press this button to do this kind of pass but then you have to press this button with the other button to do a different kind of like there was so many different controls i'm like i just want to play like simple soccer and turn my brain off like and it's it's one of those things where i had to do the whole the game has a whole training course to teach you all these controls. I'm like, I can't. And I did the whole thing, which took like an hour. And I'm like, I can't remember wow. the controls from the beginning of it. <laughs> I'm like, I just want like, I just long for the days sometimes of like, just sometimes I just want a simple game and I don't want to learn 500 different button variations to play soccer. You know, it's like, you remember playing te like Tekken 3? Yeah, I just right? thought of and that, and you had to remember the so, combo. Like, so many you. different combos, right? Like, that's what soccer games are now, where it's just so many different combinations <laughs> to do stuff. Like, I don't know. I had to show you one down to, like, the middle, and then I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> just button mash. You can't button mash on soccer. You can button mash in a fight game. You know what I mean? Um. So the game that I've been playing lately and really enjoying is Odin's Sphere Life Trasia. Odin's Sphere. Which was its remastered version, yes. right? Um, this game I would play in high school uh, nonstop. I was obsessed with this game. Um, it's so beautiful. It's like an RPG and you play five different characters. The story is intermeshed, so you don't learn about what the whole story is about until you get to the last character. Um, mm. And it's so intricate in the way it's constructed um wait what do you mean you don't you don't know what's going on until the last character you don't really know what's going you know what's going on in each individual person's okay. storyline you don't know what's going on in the overall world mm. until it's revealed and in how, how many characters are there's there? five characters okay um and they redid it took me a little bit to get used to it because they did redid the whole there's an alchemy system there's a food system which I loved as a kid. They make all these intricate foods. That's how you get your experience, and you have to collect the ingredients. And the graphics are gorgeous, and they present you with the, you know. Do you have to pet your horse? You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but that was also a little bit more tedious in the previous game, and they redid it for this one. And also, sometimes there would be so many creatures on the screen that the game would just freeze or free you know <laughs> just freeze and they fixed that in this one as well um the fighting is amazing they added all these new moves and this new leveling up system especially the shadow knight and velvet uh, princess velvet i really really enjoyed their um move remakes hmm. um and i think even if you played the game before it's definitely worth buying the uh, remaster and I'm not one of those people who's going out there buying a re remaster because that's just a way for these companies to make yeah, more money. Yeah, it's nice when there's a remaster that this is it's like, basically like a, a new, new game. game, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Instead of like, we updated the graphics and now you can pay $60 again. It's like, oh, <laughs> thanks. It's like when bands release like... Best of! Great, greatest hits remastered. It's like, you already released the greatest hits 10 years ago. Like, I think it's fine. We're good. <laughs> um, and when... 
the other thing that this game is just the studio in general, Vanillaware. I just love their art. I love their. What the else music. have they have they made anything else? Yeah, I would they know? made a Japanese style game. Then they also okay. made like a Hogwarts style thing. Like and Harry Potter thing? Yeah, you're like at this magic school. Oh, okay. It's not Harry Potter, Got it. but it's like. Um, huh. And as soon as the menu started up, they have this new version of the French song that plays. And there's a Japanese version of that song, and they mesh the two together to have the choir sing the Japanese version, mm -hmm. and then the main person sings it. Huh. it. It's so gorgeous. Every time I start it up, I'm just like, I'm just blown away by this game. And it's really, really nice. And I know you make fun of me for playing it because people are screaming all the time. As remastered as it is, they did not remaster. <laughs> it's like the same sound effects over. Yeah, this is what yeah. I hear when Tubby's playing the game yeah. in the house. It's just. <laughs> It's like three different sound effects the character makes. It's like, come on. <laughs> Can we add like maybe two more? <laughs> Make it five? <laughs> um, oh, and they did... Um, all the levels are redone too, especially Titania was really... Uh, just really blew me away because that's kind of the capital city. Titanium's a level? Titania is the like the city. Titania. Yeah, one of the one of the levels. Okay. And you walk through these streets, and then there was, and then they added like a sewage system, and then they added like the whole city with all these brick roofs, and it looks like an old I don't know German town from huh. like the 1500s, and it yeah, it's really really nice. I'm so the it. most of the game you're like you're, it's like a platformer almost, right? You're yeah, walking, it's 2D. Yeah, yeah, 2D. You're walking from left to right basically, yeah, right? Yeah, or okay. in a circle. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Was there ever like an Odin Sphere 2 or something? Or is it just a nope. standalone game? No, it's just hmm. a standalone game. Cool. And it just, it's one of those things I always come back to, especially in art. I'm always find myself like drawing the characters or there's just some things from your childhood that kind of stay with you. And mm. this is, this is one of them. So nice. Sweet. Cool. Anything else you've been doing lately? Um, so it was recently Halloween and. I don't really, f I just hear about these people, but I'm not on Twitter. So there's these media personalities. They want their two minutes of attention or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they go, why can't I wear blackface for Halloween? <laughs> uh, these are white people. <laughs> I don't understand. Are you talking about the Fox News? Uh, no, she, she used I to be on Fox News. I think um, it was a woman. I don't yeah, know who it was. the lady on NBC. Um, I, have, I don't follow this stuff. I can't uh, interact with it. Because it People just frustrates me. Um, Something Kelly. But she made this point, no. and I want to expand upon this because I find this interesting. Mm -hmm. She goes, if I'm not dressing up as just any black person, but I'm dressing up as a specific, like Harriet Tubman, mm -hmm. or a specific character, mm -hmm. and their blackness is part of their identity, then I want to be true to that, and I, why can't I then wear blackface to be that character? Mm -hmm. Um We'll come back to this. So in Germany, we have a really... One of our only POC literary characters is Jim Button. This is a children's book by Michael Ende. He also wrote The NeverEnding Story. Um, and kids, or when these plays are put on even by professional actors, they will have a white kid with blackface, mm -hmm. you know, in theater. And I think Germany's kind of finally realizing that, that maybe you shouldn't be doing it. So we're at least ahead of, like... Svart de Piet, which is like a Christmas tradition in what the Netherlands where they wear blackface right. for Christmas. So, yay, Germany. For there, there's something like Australia does too, right? Oh, and there's God. some like holiday, yeah. Um, and then you will have 
children dress up i mean these are kids they don't know any better their parents are putting mm-hmm. on like the black face right. on them they're like jim button for a carnival or whatever mm-hmm. um and the difference between like the frat boy or like sorority girl like doing the black face or like oh i have to be the sexy squall whatever it is <laughs> um is that these kids are not doing it to make fun of this character. They're doing it because they want to be this character. Mm. They idolize this character. Right. This is a role model. This is somebody they you okay. know, look up okay. to. Um, and the intent of that, which is exactly what this Twitter person was saying, mm-hmm. it does make a difference. But in the end, if your, int- your personal intent is irrelevant because it will never be able to match how that makes black people feel, mm-hmm. um, how they perceive it, if they feel safe or not, the entire history of colonialism, racism mm-hmm. that is so embedded into the culture. Right. We had we used to have laws about it. It's legally embedded. Um, you you can't bring your like I want to wear blackface against all of that and then expect to have a point and win. Like maybe in 10,000 years when we're living in a utopia and there's no racism because this is an enduring problem. This is not an eradicated so problem. If you, okay, let's let's make up a mythical country where there's no racism in this country. Yeah, right? sure. There's you no could, history of it. No nothing. You could right? be then it would blue be okay, or green right? or whatever. But, but that's because not of the, the history world we're and in. the institutionalized. Yeah. Why can't I be a Chinese person? You know. But then can we ever? Can we ever get to that point if we can't I don't know. dress I don't up a, like the other? Like, I, don't I don't have know. a crystal ball, but <laughs> it, I think there's nothing more telling of white privilege and how white people perceive like, oh, this is a right that's taken away from me. I can't dress. I can't wear blackface. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another indicator of this gap between, you know, enduring racism and how right. we still are dealing with it today. Um, yeah. Don't dress up your kids when <laughs> new segments. It <laughs> just yeah, it just makes me wonder. Like, can we? I mean, I don't. Because people always bring up the like a medical argument too of, well, you dye your hair and the melanin in your hair is the same as like your skin. So why is this okay and not mm-hmm. that okay? Right. But the it's not a scientific argument. It's a historical and cultural argument mm-hmm. of how we have treated people who are not white. You know, this right. isn't. You know, anyways, that's all I had on that. Interesting. What Interesting. else do you have? Not much. The, I just wanted to uh, touch on if you need something good to listen to. Um, Conan just started a podcast and Will Ferrell was the was the first guest. And like we're living in a world where everyone's constantly getting interviewed and you hear a lot of the same stories over and over again. Mm. And there was actually some stories from Will Ferrell that I like about the SNL days and that kind of stuff that I had never heard before. And I don't want to spoil it, but there's a story about him wearing the same outfit for like weeks on end, basically that months. Yeah. It it was just absolutely hilarious. And, you know, Conan and Will Ferrell, obviously they've, Will Ferrell's been on Conan's show a million times. Like they have a great chemistry and it was a good first guest, but there was just some great stories there. It's like a good 45 minutes, easy listening. 
The um, podcast is called um, Colin O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yeah. And at the very end of the podcast, they rip into the Star Wars prequels in <laughs> the most hilarious way. Ever. Like you're you're not a huge Conan fan, by I like I love Conan. So. I actually prefer this more than his um, talk. The the late night show. The late night show. Because yeah, I, his humor doesn't always land with me. Sure. I don't no. Yeah. I and I totally respect that, and I can see why. But like I love his weird quirky humor and i think it's actually really smart what he's doing so his hour-long show is now only 30 minutes and then he's also doing this podcast and all his how long has he been on the air 20 30 years all those archives are like on the internet now it's all digitalized and he's also doing this comedy tour that he's going around the country with like he's just kind of i I just think it's really smart you know and i diversify well and i I, I see it in a from a perspective of like his just his uh leg, legacy yeah. in the US just kind of you know like he connects he's been around forever but you know he connects as much with like a younger audience as like a Jimmy Fallon and I think it's because he's constantly kind of reinventing himself but I think adapting his, yeah from yeah. his standpoint I think it's also he's just kind of bored doing the same show for 20 like he just yeah. he wants to do other stuff and I think yeah, I think it's just great. Like, he's just staying relevant and always kind of updating the way he does things. And I appreciate Conan. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so Netflix, because they now own the Great British Bake Off or whatever, you can watch the re- most recent season, which ended in October, I believe, on mm-hmm. Netflix. I thought I was never going to see this. I'm s- I just binged the whole thing. So wait, so wait how, hold on. How does this work? So it, it was a PBS show, right? Yeah. And then Netflix bought it? No, I think it went to like some other... It was like uh, BBC. I always thought it was BBC. There was a whole money grab. That's why I went to a different network. And then Mary Berry and the two hosts were not cool with that at all. Yeah. Um, so they left. And there's a whole huh. drama about it because PBS doesn't have a lot of funding. Right. Um, it's all like, you know, viewer... Donations. Wait, but you, does Netflix actually own the show now, or they're just they're buying the I rights to have I'm, it? I've read a few okay. things about it, and it's honestly a little confusing okay. to me. So, but it does say like Netflix original, or whatever. Oh, <laughs> the Great okay. British Bake Off. Huh. Um, and just means it's going to be on Netflix sooner now, basically. I guess. Okay. And some of the old seasons are back. Oh, nice. Now okay. Um, the thing, my problem with the Great British Bake Off is. <laughs> And this is like my favorite show, and I want everyone to watch it. But soggy bottoms. <laughs> I just, they pretend sometimes that as if like we're not living in 2018, as if like air conditioning hasn't been invented yet. And they make a huge point of like these are home bakers, these aren't professional bakers. They're if you've never seen the show, home. it's like it's these home bakers that are on a show, yeah. and it's it takes they set up this tent in the middle of nowhere in lawn. England, like on a lawn, and the show is filmed like in the middle of summer and there's no and and so you're baking so there's like 12 ovens on in this tent there's no air conditioning and what what happened on the show you watched the other day they had to make like a chocolate sphere so you you have put Mm -hmm. the cake inside and and then you melt something over the top so the chocolate then melts where you you put the cake inside of what you put the cake inside the chocolate ball inside the chocolate sphere got it um so it's completely covered you don't know what's in there so when you pour the hot sauce over Mm -hmm. it the sauce has to complement the cake and then you reveal whatever is inside there and it's like Mm, okay um except it's like 35 degrees and Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go all metric on us. Here. And 
it's just so frustrating. They're like, build the pyramids of Gaza in 30 minutes out of chocolate, life size. <laughs> and, and then they're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't succeed on this one. You see like some of the yeah, that's structures what, just melting 35, away. So that's what, like 105, 110 God, Fahrenheit? And I'm always like... <laughs> can't bake in those it, conditions. I don't know. <laughs> it just frustrates me. At that point, I'm like, just give these people a break. What you say? Like, like it was so hot, like a glass jar broke, right? Yeah. I thought that's one, what you were going for. No, in one of the episodes... One of they have all the ingredients in mason jars on the workbenches, and one of them just exploded and shattered everywhere. They had to get rid of everything so this person dumb. was cooking, and that person had to start anew. And luckily, they did get that extra time at the mm. end. Otherwise, I was gonna just turn into T Rex and like <laughs> terrorize England. But, but then what? And then the other day, they had to make something like using the campfire or something. Yeah, like, and then I was making a, little bit a over joke. The top. I was making a joke like, oh, next they'll have, this is a Facebook post I have. Next they'll have them cooking over like an open fire. And guess what? In the finale, they had to make naan bread on like, they left the tent. They made it over like an actual fire. None of these people even know how to stoke a fire or make it go like low ember or high. Oh, they had to start the fire themselves? This fire was started, but you had to like control the fire. Okay. And at that point, I feel like it's a little too TV showy, a little yeah. too sensational because these are home bakers from today, not the 1500s. And they didn't time travel here. Like, I'm like, how are they? S- None well, of them. It has were- nothing to do with baking skill at that point. It's, it's just, just a little like to mix up the show. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But, you know, but how many how many seasons much. now? Eight seasons. It's Something just, like it's that. It's inevitable. You got to mix it up. It's gotta just, stay relevant. I'm, I'm wagging a finger to you. Be careful. Tread lightly, Great British Bake Off. You're pushing I'm, it. I'm watching you. <laughs> I just, I, I can't wait until uh, making it season two. <gasps> There's like no news. I know. I just Googled it again and it was. There's never. There. This was like one of the most watched shows of the summer and there's like no news about it. I just know that they renewed it for season two, but no one knows when it's coming out. Ugh. So we'll see. I'm excited. Um, so I recently read Robinson Crusoe. This is it's one of those novels you have to read, right? I don't read a lot of books because I want to. I read them because I get I'm like a sim character and my smart meter will go up reading the book or whatever. <laughs> um and I'm reading I'm listening to the audiobook and I'm like shocked by how terrible the writing is. It is so poor. It is so horrendous. At one point Everything from the previous chapter gets repeated and I stopped my audiobook because I thought there was something like I'd skipped mm-hmm. back from right. like there was something wrong with my audiobook. And there's so much repetition. Every second sentence starts with however. However, blah 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 blah. <laughs> however, and then every sentence also has exceeding or excessive. This was exceeding labor. This was excessive, exceeding. And then he also does stuff like this book is written by Daniel Defoe. Um, he does things like, well, you can imagine how I felt about that. Or this was an indescribable event. And I'm like, I'm you're an author. It's actually your job to describe <laughs> it to me and make me feel what you felt. Like, actually, Wait, do you read the book and do the audiobook? No, I just listen to the audiobook. Isn't and that I cheating? Just, just I thought you were more hardcore than that. Um, you do, I mean, you get the performance mm-hmm. aspect, but I can't read while I'm driving to work, so I'm just trying to knock this mm-hmm. stuff out. Mm-hmm. But you do lose uh, reading comprehension when you do audiobooks, right. so that is true. Um, 
Oh, God. This book is so horrible. So I stopped it and Googled it, which I should have done, like, ahead of time. Um, it, is the, it is considered the first novel in the UK. Oh, really? This was in 1719. To kind of give you a little bit of background, huh. in 1010, The Tale of Genji comes out, which is considered the first novel ever. Okay. Um, and then 1605, Don Quixote comes out. Um, which I've read and knowing that that was the first novel in Europe, like the first Spanish novel made a lot more sense because that was also a book that is so all over the place and has no structure. It's just a genre being invented, right? That's exactly yeah. like that's why the writing is so terrible. And it made me appreciate how far we have come to present narratives, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, tell stories. Writing yeah. as a genre has evolved so, you know, heavily. And then when you compare this story to other, um, what are they called, Robinsonates, like The Martian or Castaway mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks, those spend, I haven't seen The Martian, but it, with the Tom Hanks movie, you spend so much time going through what would that be like emotionally to only hear your own voice, to have nobody to right. speak to. Um, and the Robinson Crusoe spends very little time on that. Like mm. it's not... Interesting. It doesn't really dive into psychology and the whole, you know, the whole practice of psychology, psychiatry, how do brains work. Mm-hmm. It's also fairly recent, yeah. you know, invention. So I just found that and that, oh God, this book is so terrible. <laughs> like I, proofreading <laughs> hadn't been invented yet either, I don't think, or editing because he always goes on about how he lost track of days. He doesn't know what day he's on. And then he goes, and I rescued my man Friday on a Friday. And that's why I named him Friday. And I'm like, really? Because you just spent like the previous 40 pages explaining to me how you don't know what day it is because you're living on an island. Like, and I don't think this is the book that can be consumed as anything enjoyable. You know, it's just a study of... Like most books you read, it seems like. (laughs) This book is. I got to read these books because that's just what I have to do. And they're all terrible. Terrible. Um, and this one is mostly just a study of um, Christian supremacy hmm. and also very good. Um, you can really dive into how white people saw savages or anybody non-white. Because it's, it's, really, it's really tough to read and listen to. I did discover that you can turn up the speed on Audible. Oh, you so know I, I did that for yeah, this man. one. I was just trying to get the Audiobook it. hack and you do like, oh, what, do you, what do you do, like 1.5? No, one that's point, a little too much. My brain two? explodes. I do like 1.3. Oh, damn. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. But I did crazy. it. I got through it. <laughs> and you're just a better person than all of us now. It, yeah, it is interesting if you want to explore and understand what made white people capable of committing all these atrocities mm-hmm. um, to people in the Americas, you know, people all over right. the world. This book... Um, yeah, it does that very well. There's a book, uh, it's a podcast I listen to, uh, the Jocko podcast. He's like this infamous Navy SEAL who's all over YouTube and stuff now. He's, yeah, he's like gotten super famous the last few years. I forget what the book is called. I remember him talking about this book that was just purely about this Polish police force during World War II and just documents like how those, and that that's, I like stuff about war. I feel like I want to read more about that. Like that's you know that's why I watched this World War One documentary because it kind of fascinates me a little bit. But there was this whole book, and I'm, I need to look up the title of it. 
that just documents this Polish police force and how they started as just like normal everyday people and tran you know morphed into these monsters that would do these just horrendous things to other human beings and kind of like other police forces mm-hmm. that will be unmentioned <laughs> but it's you know <laughs> that, that just reminded me of when what you were just talking about that last book um yeah i mean it's just just happens over and over again in history and well, it's just the fire departments in the states when they came to be they were just gangs Fire like, department? Yeah, this was like in New York history. This is really that. prevalent. They would let um, structures burn down because they were like both arrived at the scene at the same time and then would fight out who would get to put out the fire and stuff like that. It was like gangs. Oh, really? Yeah. But what what do they get out of it? Do they get paid if they I put out the fire? I don't know. They have like certain territories. I've never heard about There's this. like firefighter <laughs> gang huh. wars. Oh, no <laughs> shit. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. They huh. had it on TV at work the other day. That's strange. Yeah, but it just, it, that kind of stuff reminds me of, like, you know, when you hear people like, oh, if, if I was alive during World War II, I wouldn't have done those terrible things. And it's like, if that's how you think. I don't know think, what psychology is. If, if that's how you think, like, you are in trouble because you're just, yeah, you're just a few bad days away of, like, turning into a monster yeah. at all times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, people would ask that during... When we were going over The Handmaid's Tale, this was in high school in class. Um, in The Handmaid's Tale, there's these people called ants. So there are other women who are chosen to discipline mm-hmm. and kind of form the handmaids. And the students were like, I don't see how people from the same group would commit atrocities and, you know, within that group. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You very don't? common. <laughs> If you set up a power structure, you want to keep people from the same group. The Nazis did this, too. Mm-hmm. So the capos, the people who are enforcing um, inside the concentration camps, uh-huh. were other Jews. So it would create a conflict. Mm-hmm. Between, but you were now in a position of power. You had a greater chance of survival because right. you were a capo. So right. you would do all those terrible things sure. they would tell you to yeah. do. And I, I saw this again when Django Unchained came out and people were like, Samuel Jackson's character isn't real. That's not a thing. Like, <laughs> uh, it's just, <laughs> let's all go back to school. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Anyways. Um, I. You got more stuff? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. One more thing. I'm more just, busy than I am. I need this to be said. Please say it. Myoglobins and hemoglobins are different things. You have to listen to this lecture one more time. Please expand. People, are, I'm like, hey, how do you want your burger cooked? And people go, I want it bloody. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, it takes everything, everything being my fiber to be like, it's not blood. There's no blood in your meat. Okay, so butchering, this is how it happens. Imagine chickens. I hang them upside down. They cut the throat. Learning music. Sorry, I'm doing learning background music. Go on. Go ahead. (laughs) I love it. The blood flows out of the chickens. This is all the pigs. All the things are like upside down. You want to drain the animal of blood. You're not serving. You're not delivering your chunks of steak to a restaurant filled in blood. And so you might ask yourself, well, then why is it red? All right. (laughs) And so hemoglobins and myoglobins both give oxygen, but one does it for the blood and one does it for the muscles. Mm -hmm. They both dye things red. And the more oxygen you need, the bigger the muscle, right? Mm -hmm. This is why in chickens, the thighs are darker than the breast because chickens are running around. They're using their little thighs or their little legs. They're just going like a paddle duck. (laughs) 
This is why seafood is generally wider because they're swimming in water. They have to use less of their, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Cows are going to be big, you know, redder and bigger because right. they're giant. They got to hold giant. those fat bodies up yeah. with their skinny little legs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so please, please stop going to a restaurant. Tell me how hardcore you are because you eat your burgers bloody. Yeah. It's not a thing. Also, blood is very... You taste the iron right away. And just imagine, like, biting your own yeah, tongue like I, or well, something. I had a, I had a, it's a metallic taste. My lovely, like, lovely... I do always say lovely. Everything's my lovely. My terrible girlfriend, Stacy, elbowed terrible. me in the face last night oh. by accident. <laughs> I've never been elbowed in the face. Like, it oh. was so... No, not oh. in the face. In the nose. I got hit in the nose so hard that I it was just instant... Like, instant nose. Like, just nose started... <laughs> blood just started gushing out of my nose. <laughs> And like into my mouth, like just blood everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, you can just like taste you can taste milk. blood like just right away. Yeah, that's what your burger would taste like. And guess what? It doesn't. Cause... So it's just it's just red water, right? Red water content. Well, well that's what's the why... juice flowing out. Yeah, it's water. It's oh, when, water, you, right? when in a package, you mean? Or like yeah, if I if water. I cut into a rare steak, I mean if the you juice is just water. Cut open right? a steak, and sometimes you see the little congealed red blood spots in mm-hmm. there. That is the only blood that's gonna be in there. Yeah. And it's not the watery texture. It's very. It's more goopy. Right. Because that's what blood is. Right. Um, and that's how you can also tell your meat is going bad or losing its oxygen because it will turn brown. Brown. Right. Well, well, bum, 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 bum. and you know what? While we're on this topic of food, so I bartend at night, and this is something that drives me crazy. Is can people, I have a martini? You want vermouth? No. Order a martini. <laughs> really? That's the one you're gonna say? Yeah, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me as nuts as it does Please. with you and no, your bloody I, steaks. I always correct people on this too at work. Because I'm just like, okay, you want a martini, and I know, like, there's. There's some subconscious war going on against vermouth in this country. In the states, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I go, okay, you want a martini? And I know mo- 99% of people do not want vermouth, so I always make sure to ask. I go, do you like vermouth in your martini? And people look at me like they're disgusted. Yeah. Like, how dare yeah. you? I, I will not drink vermouth. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm like, like, well, a martini is vodka or gin with vermouth. Mm-hmm. That is a martini. So what these people want. The proper way to order what you want would just be, I want vodka chilled up. up. It's not a martini. I just, I want it up in a martini glass. That's how you would order it. (laughs) It's like ordering a margarita, but like you don't want lime juice. I mean, it's it's the same thing. How dare you ask me if I want lime juice? It's like... I ask that every time because I didn't know that people don't know this so they'd be like my drink tastes really weird so now i'm always like yeah you gotta like when they order a martini i'm like do you want vermouth in there no i'm like so you want it up yeah up martini (laughs) like they don't know what what they're saying it's just this like ignorance of things that you consume every day it's what drives me crazy and i'm not saying you gotta like be a food historian i'm not saying you gotta read every ingredients on you got to know every single ingredient of what you're buying at the store, but just have a general knowledge of what, Yeah. if you love martinis and that's all you drink when you go out, like just have a general knowledge of what you like. It's like I had a, I had a guy who was like, he must've been about 35 years old and he comes up to the bar and he ordered, I swear to God, he orders a margarita, then brings it back saying, is, is there tequila in this? I hate tequila. And I'm like, well, you ordered a margarita. How do you not know there's tequila in a margarita? That's a, that's rough. And then I'm like, well, what do you what do you that's like rough. to drink? He goes, well, I like vodka. I'm like, 
vodka with what like what do you drink when you go out he goes just surprise me if you're a 35 oh, year old guy it, it's like surprise just me. all respect like know what oh, you like Lord. so i just made him like a moscow mule with vodka it's just like just this ignorance of i don't i don't know what i just was born yesterday i don't know what i like it's like come on man just take a little yes. bit of pride and what you like and drink and eat and order so i uh, i just have to correct you really quickly yes martinis is a double plural martini is yes. already plural yes martino singular also stop ordering paninis that's a double <laughs> plural paninis already damn plural. italians panino <laughs> is singular <laughs> just throwing it out Martini. there <laughs> yeah but that's what drives me crazy you're welcome people um, um can we talk about stan lee really quickly sure just go finish for it i know you're that. yeah um, Stanley, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are really huge comic book fans, and I texted my friend Brittany right away, and I was like, "Are you doing okay with the Stanley thing?" And she goes, "I didn't know until you told me." Oh, I keep, no. I keep doing that to people because when <laughs> David Bowie died, I texted my friend. I'm like, "Are you okay with this David Bowie thing?" He's like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> It's um, like, was that Keen Peel sketch? Where is oh, like, Michael, <laughs> Michael Jackson? Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he does not grab his ass like that. Stop grabbing your ass. He like like doesn't that. know Michael Jackson's dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Yeah, what, what's on your mind about Stanley? Um, I'm not a big comic book fan, so this didn't really affect me. He's, no, he's fairly old, so this isn't. You know, this isn't. He like always a, annoyed me in all those cameos. I'm like, okay, I get it. And I don't want to. <laughs> This isn't really about Stan Lee, but two years ago, I went to the L.A. Comic Con, which is now called the Stan Lee Comic Con. Oh, I didn't know um, that. And I felt a little huh. bit uncomfortable there, which is why I didn't go back this year. Because um, Stan Lee is everywhere. Like, when you buy your tickets, it asks you, do you want to buy a $200 autograph? Stand in line for your, huh. you know. Wow. The programs have Stan Lee on them. There's Stan Lee masks. There's Stan Lee this, this. And the people were... Con how they were consuming this and interacting mm. with this person right it was it's like weird in a weird it was a very strange fanatic religious atmosphere that was it's like how people were with steve jobs me. and apple like oh when really he, oh my god yeah like when he died and people's like like people like having full-on meltdowns about someone they've never met huh. it's like the guy invented an ipod so and a phone, like, jackson down. gleason who played the um lannister king on I think this is what people will know him for on Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's a he's this blonde boy. He's gorgeous. Blonde um, boy with hard rock ass. Hard rock ass. <laughs> um, he did, and this was at a famous school, some one of these colleges, Harvard or whatever. I don't know which one. He has a whole speech about how idolizing someone is a form of dehumanization, hmm. and how people will be just familiar with him and come up to him on the street and like start touching him and like oh, oh jack yeah. i'm a huge fan yeah. blah 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 um and it's it's super fascinating it really makes you think about your relationship to and we talked about this before especially when you find out that some of your idols are really terrible people which has mm. been coming out right now so nobody's we put these people up on a pedestal and then find out like oh they were human after all it's like yeah no yeah. they're not yeah. these like so pure it's just yeah floating gods which is <laughs> what this comic con was kind of yeah. doing so um this is not anything against stanley i honestly don't really know anything about him as a person or anything right. um you're just uncomfortable with the obsession of and stanley. i've done this we've we all do sure, this yeah. you know of, yeah. yeah 
Anyways. I've, I've been there with George Clooney. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and his rock <laughs> hard, hard ass. steely ass. <laughs> That tastes like sandalwood. Well, it's it actually reminds me a lot of Steve Jobs, where it's it's one person getting all the credit. Like, there's a bunch of like. Oh yeah. Stanley came up with a lot, yes, but he also worked with other people or that creators that and, are creators, yeah. and they're all feeding off of each other. Um, but it's like like Steve Jobs wasn't like you know making the making the iphone by himself he just right what he, he had a group of brilliant engineers and he would basically just be like i mean bill burr has a great bit about this it's just like i want a million songs in this little device go <laughs> like he just <laughs> like yeah he had the idea and the vision of like what is the future and what would be amazing but then it takes other people around him to like mm -hmm. okay well how do we actually make this work like steve jobs didn't really know how to do that it takes like other brilliant people to figure out okay mm -hmm. well how can we fit a hundred thousand songs into this thing that's like half the size of my hand you know but it's like it, it just cracks me up like just people get all the i mean i guess that happens all the time just people get all the credit um it's like you know how director director wins the oscar it's like well yeah, you look at the credit there's yeah. 500 other people that worked on the movie yeah. right i mean it's just the way it's gonna go i guess but yeah, I mean, with, with Stan Lee, there's a lot of stories about... And, you know, I don't know what's true or what's not. Um, there's always going to be lies told, especially when someone's that successful. Yeah, myths. And, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, no, he, he did not come up with 100% of the things. Like, you know, he had people working under him. and But, you know, that's the way it goes. And, you know, if you work under somebody, there's, like, the boss is going to get the credit. That's just how it works. Yeah. But, yeah, he's not this, like sentinel being like that's this pure soul like it just it's weird when people obsess over someone like that and i would never pay 200 dollars for an autograph yeah, those it's autographs ridiculous. are expensive <laughs> ridiculous no it's like 100 for the autograph but then if you want to take a, a picture, picture it's like yeah. i don't know i didn't yeah yeah we're good <laughs> Cool. Well, we got a bunch of podcasts coming out in December. We've already pre-recorded them, and we're going to be doing... Um, I, f I don't know if we already talked about this in the last podcast, but... Stay tuned. It, um, for, every for every advent, advent, we're talking about a Christmas movie. We also... Uh, Stacy, Tabby, and I all went to Vegas last week. We want to do a podcast about that. We saw some great shows there. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a podcast about uh, like online shopping and subscription services because we've had some sketchy experiences <laughs> in the last month. <laughs> so we got some stuff coming out. Um, stay tuned. Any, any uh, last thoughts, Tabby? No. Um, if you want to correct us on anything or, you know, anything yeah. like that, send us an email. Um, because I always listen to other people's podcasts and I'm like, no, I maybe stopped listening because yeah. some, I didn't enjoy something or, and I'd rather hear about it from people than yeah, we're on just fade into Instagram, list. Twitter, at Modern Life Pod. Email Talk is modernlifepod at gmail.com. Call me. Um, in Ring the podcast description is our website. You know, all the links to iTunes, Apple. Modern Life That's the Pod. same thing. iTunes, Stitcher, Google. Um there's a tip donation jar if you want to um, support the show because we can always buy better equipment, stuff like that. But this is just a passion project. Um, yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we will have another episode up soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.